Hi everyone, uh, my name's Rahul. And I'm Barak. And welcome to our knowledge video on acute heart failure. Um, so the diagnosis and management of acute heart failure is a very common interview question. Uh, it can be by itself or also actually part of another question stem. So for example, managing ACS, arrhythmias, valvular diseases, and having an element of acute heart failure with it. So this knowledge video will focus on the key things that one needs to know to tackle any potential question about acute heart failure. Uh, the first thing to say is what's the relevance of acute heart failure? Well, it has an in-hospital mortality of between four and 10%. So it's a, a significant thing to be able to manage well. Um, what we'll first talk about are acute causes of decompensated heart failure to be aware of. And there's a fantastic mnemonic that I personally use called CHAMPIT, which will cover most of what you need to know. So we'll just go through that. And the importance of understanding the causes are it allows you to take a good history following this framework. So uh, the CE is essentially coronary artery disease. So you're looking for uh, causing, um, so an acute MI, for example, causing decompensated heart failure. So you're looking for factors in the history, such as cardiovascular risk factors for ischemic heart disease, a history of angina, ECG changes consistent with ischemia, and a very classic presentation to be aware of is a patient with a history of angina who suddenly presents an acute pulmonary edema, which is often caused by left main stem disease. The H is a hypertensive episode. So you'd be looking for evidence of hypertension when you see the patient, but also evidence of end organ damage, so retinopathy, nephropathy, LVH on an echo, or sorry, on an ECG and an echo. Um, the A is arrhythmias, so a tachyobradyarrhythmia arrhythmia causing decommitted heart failure. M is your mechanical acute causes, such as a dissection, ACS, which we've kind of covered in the, in the coronary artery disease section, valvular ruptures, chest trauma, infective endocarditis. Uh, P, is, P is for PE or pregnancy. I is infections. T is tamponade. And then a couple of causes that are not covered by the mnemonic, just to be aware about, uh, are severe anemia, uh, metabolic or hormonal derangements, such as thyroid, adrenal, DKA um, derangements. Uh, so some drugs such as NSAIDs, steroids, anything negatively inotropic, toxins such as drugs and alcohol. Um, and there your main causes, if you're ever going to see someone with acute heart failure, to work through to work out what the underlying acute causes. Now, there are important differential diagnoses to be aware of, of non-cardiogenic pulmonary edema to consider. And in an interview scenario, it's important to demonstrate that you're aware of those and not kind of shoehorned into the cardiac route of things. So an AKI uh, and uh, can cause pulmonary edema and particular risks are those with uh, renal artery stenosis and acute respiratory distress syndrome um, is another differential cause of acute pulmonary edema. So they're your causes uh, to be aware of. Um, before we move on to how one would kind of work up and investigate someone with acute heart failure, anything else um, you, you would add, Valerie, or any other causes, some, any weird things? There's, there's, there's lots of uh, odd causes, actually. No, I think that's really, really good. I think just, as I said, have a, have a good structure. I think the key thing to get across to your interviewer is that you're not going to take a, an exhaustive history, but you are going to just try and rule out any acute reversible causes um, for this acute decompensation. They may already have 
a pre-existing heart failure, chronic heart failure, but you're looking to see if there's any acute reversible things. So I think to highlight that, uh, and then you can go through um, a few of them, but uh, yeah, you don't want, as well, you just don't want to make, make the interviewer think that you're just there to take a very, very long history. So just caveat your history, I think, with that, and then go into it. Actually, I think Champ is a fantastic monarch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and really good ways to think about the things that you want to be ruling out in your head as you go through the patient, because you know, if they find out they are very hypertensive, well, that's the thing you're also going to try and treat as well. Um, if you find out that, gosh, they've got a PE and they've decompensated, do you? going to try and t- treat the PE. So these are really important things when managing acute heart failure. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, that, that brings us nicely to uh, working up someone with acute heart failure where you'd start with the history and examination. Well, you might preface by saying, so I'd be assessing the patient, trying to um, ascertain if there are any uh, coronary um, or uh, hypertensive causes, arrhythmic causes, mechanical causes, um, and so on. You, you can use that Champit framework to show that you're essentially f- focusedly assessing a patient. So your history is really based on the um, uh, trying to elicit symptoms of heart failure, uh, comorbidities, uh, relevant kind of drug and social history, but also getting in that Champit uh, framework. Um, nice, actually. I didn't really appreciate the champion. Actually, the first four cover the vast majority, don't they? So, you know, coronary disease, hypertension, arrhythmias, and mechanical uh, mechanical lead causes. And then the less likely causes are the PNEIT, PE pregnancy, infections, and tamponade, uh, and, if, and toxins. You can put there. I mean, that's a, not unreasonable thing to say that you're going to try and cover in your assessment. Yeah. Um... And then you'd move on to your examination, which links to your history. And, and you'd want to be doing things like assessing their blood pressure, looking for a hypertensive cause, um, assessing their hemodynamic stability, how much oxygen are they requiring, if any. Um, and the key things that you'd want from your examination are A, to assess their fluid balance. So ascertaining is the patient wet or are they dry? And also their peripheral perfusion, are they warm or cold? And that will therefore allow you to subsequently appropriately treat the patient. Following on from your history and examination, you'd uh, perform some bedside tests, so an ECG in the first instance, to investigate for any causes. So picking up any tachy or bradyarrhythmias, evidence of acute coronary syndrome. Is there evidence of LVH suggestive of hypertension or a cardiomyopathy? Is there right heart strain suggestive of a, an acute PE? Um, you'd also want to, and, and, and subsequently from that, you may wish to place the patient on a cardiac monitor and, and uh, ascertain more kind of longer uh, rhythm control, or sorry, rhythm um, monitoring. Um, following on from that, you'd want to perform a chest X-ray uh, and you may actually do a lung ultrasound with that. Um, and you'd be on the chest X-ray, you'd be looking for those classic signs of interstitial shadowing, suggestive of pulmonary edema, curly B lines, upper lobe diversion, pleural effusions, cardiomegaly, the, the basic signs of heart failure. You'd also want to perform some blood tests, so your routine blood tests, full blood count, kidney function, liver function, infection markers, looking for acute precipitants, but also looking, uh, wanting a baseline level of function. You'd want to do a BMP, uh, which itself has quite a high negative predictive value, um, but be aware that it can be not raised in acute heart failure states. Uh, if the history is suggestive, you'd want to perhaps perform a troponin and a D-dimer looking for uh, precipitants uh, of the heart failure. 
And you'd also want to do an ABG uh, if they're requiring oxygen. So looking for evidence of type one or type two respiratory failure. And also that would give you a lactate, which would be a good marker for peripheral perfusion. And finally, you'd uh, want to perform a transthoracic echo to assess the cardiac function, but also to try and elicit any other underlying structural causes which may be contributing. So that is your basic initial workup for anyone with acute heart failure. Um, uh, we're next going to talk about treatment, but anything to add before we move on? Um, no, I suppose just to uh, carry on from our previous uh, video, again, just a very important thing to ascertain is what their current weight is and what their normal weight is, because mm. uh, that tells you how much extra fluid they have with one, with one extra kilo uh, being one litre of fluid. So it tells you how much fluid they need to lose uh, as you diarrhea them. And it's quite a good marker to say when you, uh, when you present the patient to your consultant, say that they're 10 kilograms, this patient with acute heart failure is 10 kilograms uh, over his normal dry weight. Mm. Already you know exactly what's going on. So yeah, and that's the only other thing I'd uh, uh, add and yeah, a, a good fluid assessment is very important. Fantastic. Okay. So next we'll talk about treatments of acute heart failure. And um, the kind of, uh, two key kind of first line therapies, uh, which are the first one is oxygen, aiming for SATs of greater than 94%. And that can be delivered via. Look, can I just, can I, actually, sorry, I just meant to, I meant to add actually. One thing I thought about is that uh, just gave you like a good, a really good five out of five point mm. in the history. You might want to just ascertain um, their kind of comorbidities and medical background and if they've had any thoughts about escalation plans because that will that will determine how far you go with their treatment uh, and it really gives you a, an idea of what you can and can't what you shouldn't shouldn't be doing for this patient uh, and most candidates probably wouldn't think like that I mean I, to be honest, I just forgot it myself and I just remembered it so um, it's an easy one to forget but a really good point so if you can bring that in if they shows a nice holistic yeah agreed something you would do in real life but you may forget to say in an interview um yeah great point um so 